These violent delights have violent ends, and in their triumph die, like fire and powder, which, as they kiss, consume. Welcome to episode 44 of Under the Cull of MS. That was a little quote from William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Today we're going to talk about one Marvel and one DC comic for the month of October's Halloween style comics and starting out from Marvel Comics for 80 year anniversary got Crypt of Shadows number one and it is synopsis for it is it's an all new horror story for Marvel's 80th anniversary They've gone into the vaults to bring back some classic titles from the Marvel of yesteryear. But maybe some vaults should stay closed. Something terrifying has broken free and crawled forth from one of the most terrifying corners of Marveldom. The Crypt of Shadows. Prepare for terror. The shadows are deeper than you think and horrors lurk within. It's Published in January of ni- of 2019, writer Al Ewing, James Beard, uh, cover artist was Kyle Ho- Holtz, and penciler Gary Brown, Jabril Morissette, fan. But uh, they got basically a guy that's sitting with a psychiatrist, talking about some issues he has about uh, being around animals and stuff like that. It's like, I suppose this might be a little better synopsis from inside the comic. You shouldn't be here. This is a place for the dead, for the damned, for the unholy. You should not be here, and yet you cannot stay away. There is something within this land of buried dead. Power dark and sinister, knowledge potent and corrupt that pulls you in deeper, deeper, past the old gate, down the winding passageways, cutting through hills pockmarked with tombstones so old they are barely legible. At the end of the path stands a building, its stone facade, cracked and broken by time. What is that name carved above this haunting mausoleum's heavy metal door? Why, it is yours, dear reader. The undeniable gravitation of the inky darkness pulls you in. You should not be here. And now you cannot leave the Crypt of Shadows. That was a better synopsis there. (laughs) See how prepared I am for this today. I just figured I'd whip out a podcast, give you some results and stuff. But yeah, he, it's a guy that has dog issues. Sits down with a psychiatrist, tells stories of someone that's basically grave robbing and trying to get what he feels is his since someone decided to bury themselves with their stuff and he finds. To his surprise, some creatures that he did not expect. 
up here. And he talks about other other stories in here where some, a scientist is playing with some serums and they're causing issues where whoever takes the serums attacks and kills other beings and you just don't want to give them all away, all the stuff away, but it's a interesting couple little interesting twist in here to grab the reader. If you like those type of horror stories, check that out. And I'm not sure how many they did or if this is just a commemorative one that they did one shot but look into it and find out more if you're intrigued and then the comic from DC that I'm going to talk about is Dead Romeo number one this is first issue one of six came out in 2009 Jesse Blaze Snyder, Ryan Benjamin, Salem Crawford, but, uh, Jonathan Romero, a.k.a. Dead Romeo, was the lead singer of the 80s rock band The Dead Romeos. But that was before a mysterious set of circumstances turned him into a vampire and sent him straight to hell. Now he's back on Earth, and he has a difficult choice to make. Kill his true love and earn his permanent release from eternal damnation or protect her and burn for eternity. Either way, someone is going to die. It's vampires, romance, rock, and dismemberment like you've never seen before. Jonathan Romero, a.k.a. Dead Romeo, makes a deal in hell and comes back from the grave. He meets Whisper and walks into town with her. They depart, and Dead Romeo heads to a bar to meet up with his evil vampire buddies. They have a mission to complete that allows them to stay out of hell. They decide to catch a quick snack, which seems to include Whisper. Will Dead Romeo partake? As uh, the vampire tale... Mixed in with the Romeo and Juliet story. Um, the Romeo character and the Whisper character, which by reading that synopsis tells you that she is his Juliet, even though in this first issue you don't really get that. You kind of get that she's just someone he came across. And later on, you find out that the rest of the vampires grabbed her and her dog and expect Romeo to kill him. I uh, don't particularly care for this one myself. I'm sure the story may get better and stuff like that, but I mean, it starts out. When you get to the group of vampires, I forget if there's seven or nine or different vampires, but you got basically Romeo, who was 
more of a decent human being. Just had some issues and got sent to hell. And so I don't know, they'll talk about more about why he was turned and all that stuff. I'm sure in the later ones, but uh, the other vampires in this story, I mean, you got Wicked Uncle Ernie, he's a pedophile vampire. Yeah, at the end, who was a struggling action film in the 70s who turned to vampirism for an edge. And but didn't realize if you're a vampire, you can't be filmed. It's like, so that didn't help him out much. Yeah, Fuzzy Wuzzy couldn't get a date for prom, so he became a rapist. And, and there's Silver Hammer. He's a weightlifter. He got strong on steroids, but got stronger with vampirism. And there's... <laughs> Couple other ones familiar. The Desperado, he's a old Western style vampire. Uh, I'm just not not over, overly thrilled with the group of characters that they used for this one. So I'm sure the storyline gets a little better. Just another DC disappointment to me, but. <laughs> I'm trying. I just, I really am trying. There's a few of the DC characters I do enjoy, like Harley Quinn and stuff, but I just, a lot of their stuff just doesn't appeal to me. There is a little preview comic in the back of this one, though, for Power Girl number one. It came from outer space. It shows aliens attacking and Power Girl coming to the rescue and stuff, and course it's just a preview so you don't really get much out of it but when i read so far power girl it wasn't too bad but also not really my cup of tea either but so if you're into romeo and juliet and vampires check it out if it intrigues you and see what happens uh today for them as talk i'm gonna go into Basically, setting yourself up with your therapy team. Uh, learn which rehabilitation specialist can best support you and your, you and your goals. Physicians office refer, physicians often refer people with multiple sclerosis to physical therapist, speech, language pathologist, and occupational therapist for rehabilitation services. Speech language pathologist people with MS may see see them for such challenges as feeling like the food or liquid gets stuck or goes down the wrong pipe when swallowing, mumbling or unclear speech or voice production, finding the right words to express thoughts. Hurdles with language organization and difficulty with memory, information processing, problem solving, and staying on task. Get your physical therapist, whose goal is to keep us moving or get 
us moving by focusing on mobility and strength. Physical therapists focus on treating the muscles and tissues of the body to maximize function, mobility, and safety. This often includes designing exercises to build strength and improve various aspects of walking, such as balance and gait pattern. Exercises may also aim to reduce fatigue, conserve energy, minimize pain, efficiently perform everyday functions, and improve balance. I know a a big thing with the physical therapist with our gait issues is uh, using the bands for uh, resistance bands and stuff. They work out good for strengthening our limbs to get them help with the tippiness and the falling down and all that. And then they're usually your therapist will give you a couple to take home and stuff so you can work on stuff at your own pace. Important to see a physical therapist who specializes in neurological conditions rather than orthopedic conditions. Specially trained physical therapists may also help people with MS who have bladder or bowel issues. Physical therapists may also offer at-home exercises that can that people can do on their own to maintain progress, like I mentioned with the bands. Then we got the occupational therapist. They're trained to help people continue to do things that are important to them. Often this means occupational therapists help their clients complete activities of daily living or ADLs defined as six basic tasks, eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, walking, transferring, and continence. It can include other activities too, such as leisure, pursuits, paid work, and caregiving. Occupational therapists break tasks down into their components and help people with whatever aspects, physical, cognitive, social, sensory, or perpetual are problematic. Work on getting your team together, build them up with whatever you need for your different disabilities at the current time and as you progress throughout the years, just keep up with the right doctors to help you out with the with what they can. Um, basically brought that up because I've been this is my year of rebuilding my whole network and getting everybody together so far I got like I've mentioned previously I've got most of my team put together now I got my cardiologist my urologist my neurologist got my colonoscopy done for age 50 I got my regular doctor I got a new one of those now my PCP uh, yeah, one more appointment with her coming up yet this year to do, I'm guessing, annual physical, uh, the whole uh, lifestyle checkup, all that stuff, probably flu, t- flu injection and everything. Yeah, it's, 
I still gotta get my skin doctor. I want to get my physical therapy in yet. My six sessions I can get, and then my knee knee needling done, and all that. Still got a few more appointments, but I just yesterday I got that. Update with my neurologist done with the had to take the CPAP machine in and explain to him that it just blows my mouth open in the middle of the night sometimes. The air gets going so hard. So he did a bunch of resetting and said, yeah, the settings were should have been changed differently. So he changed that. And then we went over a bunch of other stuff and for pain management. I told him the pain issues are just getting worse, the full body pains. And the fatigue ain't getting any better with CPAP. And he's like, well, that can can take up the three month, three to three or more months before you really notice much. I'm like, but he said my numbers were pretty good. Which I don't know, I'm getting basically four to five hours sleep a night interrupted whereas i used to get six to eight hours interrupted because of the bladder issues but now i got the bladder issues a little bit better now i'm on this new medication i can actually get up to four hours sleep on some nights without having to get up to go to the bathroom now that i changed what hours i take which pill and stuff so I didn't realize I was on, still on a water pill because they took off me off another water pill a while back. So I didn't realize they had me on two water pills at one time. And then, so now I'm taking the water pill early in the morning, take the bladder control pill in the afternoon, and then get a little extra sleep at night before I have to get up and go. Uh, the, Lost where I was. Uh, yeah, we were, went over that stuff and the pain issues. And then he mentioned a drug that he wanted to try me on. And I didn't, I can't tell you the name because I don't remember it. And I don't have to slip in front of me. But it is, I find, I went to my wife's pharmacy and the pharmacist there's like, I gave him the script, and he's like, you got an opioid addiction? And he just kept looking at me with his face, like, are you an opioid addict? And I'm like, no, I usually, when I get any type of opioids, I never even finish the script. I'm not a fan of opioids. They make you feel funky and don't really do much of shit for the pain. I mean, the only reason you... Don't feel the pain as much as because you're all loopy in the head from the opioids. I'm not a fan of those, and I, I'll take them if I get prescribed them just to get through what I can, but I won't take the full script unless I absolutely need it. I think it was Vicodin or whatever that Brett Favre was addicted to. They gave me that with my knee surgery. I only think I took five of those before I quit taking that. I knew how he got addicted and others with it, and I didn't want to have that. And I could see how, because you just basically like that funky feeling that your body gets from it. But it didn't do shit for the knee pain. Uh, 
But so then I found out later on when my wife got home and stuff, we talked about it more and she brought up the medication. Again, I can't remember the name. I think it started with a B. But uh, she's reading it to me and it's like, okay, this is used to help people get off opioid addiction. But it is used for helping with pain, which makes sense because when you're coming off opioid addiction or you're trying to get off heroin or something like that, your body goes into tons of pain issues and with getting off alcohol or something like that. But uh, and then she's uh, reading further and like alcohol, if you drink alcohol with it, it can kill you. It's like, well... The doctor never says anything about that to me, so that then wasn't too great to hear. And it's like, I can live without alcohol, but it is football season. I like to sit down once a week or so and just kick back, watch football, have a drink, have a few drinks with it. And uh, it's my relief once a, a week. And I can live without it, and if the pain medication actually helped with the pain, it would be worth it. But just reading more and more about the stuff, it's just more of those scary side effects. So, but my my uh, pharmacist was going to talk to him, see what other options there were, because even. It didn't matter anyways, of course, as soon as he ran the numbers and ran it through my insurance is like, won't cover it. It's like, I don't know if I got to change insurance companies this year or what. It seems like more and more when I'm trying to run things through my insurance company isn't covering them anymore. Which I don't understand what's going on with that. I used to be very pleased with Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And I'm starting to question them. But, uh, so we did that. And then I brought up to him about that thing that I mentioned a few episodes back about it's supposed to be uh, across the country for people with neurological conditions and stuff, chronic conditions, that uh, there's that one to one CBD THC product that's supposed to come out before the end of the year and when I mentioned to him he he knew about it he heard about it and he said yeah it should be over the counter before the end of the year and so I told him told him I was interested in trying that instead for pain and stuff when I wrote him today because last night with CPAP I put it on and uh it was blowing really hard, harder than even when it was blowing my mouth open and stuff in the middle of the night. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, well, it's got to be right because he set it up. So I put it on, ran with it, tried it, and it just blew my cheeks up like a chipmunk. And my cheeks were just fluttering in and out, <laughs> like an air valve just flopping in the wind. And I'm like, well, I got to try and get this to work. So I'm like just trying to keep my mouth shut. And 
breathe as heavy as I could through my nose. And then all of a sudden it felt like air was leaking up through the under part of my eyeballs. And then I said, screw it, took it off. And once I took it off, I had that. I mentioned previously that the left side of my face and eyeball felt like I got bitch slapped by Mike Tyson. And last night when that, when I took that mask off, it was all the way across my face, nose, both eyes. It pretty much lasted all night like that. So that was fun. So that was a sleepless night. And then I realized that those few times that I did have it, that severe headache issue with the eye and stuff, that must have been from the night that the mask was blowing so hard it was blowing my mouth open and stuff. So I'm guessing that's what set it off because I haven't had headaches in 20, 30 years. I don't don't get headaches. And when I do drink, I drink for a couple hours, then I stop, and then I have a few hours yet before I go to bed. So by the time I go to bed, I'm sober, so I don't have, like, hangovers and all that stuff. And that was back in my high school days, and I'd have headaches and stuff. But don't have those issues anymore, so it's got to be the CPAP that's causing all that. And I told them about the whole thing with the medication, that I'm not thrilled that it's got all these side effects and all this stuff and that with everything with the dealing with people with dementia and dealing with all my issues and everything it's like I for not to be on a medication that's gonna be against me could kill me or something if I decide to have a drink one day or something like that and forget about everything, but yeah, so that's where that's sitting. Uh, then I came home, and because when I went in there, the nurses instantly cut your infusion go. I'm like, it hasn't gone yet because I played phone tag with people, and they had no idea what was going on yet, and they kept saying they were going to get back to me, and they never did. I was supposed to get my my six-month infusion in August, so I'm already a couple months behind. So this is just great for the body. It's just totally shutting down. Just waiting for a nice flare-up relapse to happen before they actually do get the damn infusion figured out. But she's like, it was all taken care of. Everything's set up. The Ocrevus is supposed to be sitting for you waiting at the hospital. And so I'm like, nope, nobody called me. I came home, I contacted the company that was supposed to contact again, ran through. She didn't know what was going on with anything. And I find out that something with my neurologist, <laughs> his nurse, they didn't. There's something they still were supposed to get through again. And every freaking six months when I'm supposed to get these stupid infusions, I end up being a month or so late because something with the paperwork with the doctors and all that shit. Every time it doesn't fail. It's like, why do they have to redo the paperwork every six months? Why it can't that paperwork can't be good for two, three infusions is beyond me. But so they were gonna contact her, my nurse, and 
doctor and all that and find out what's up with that stuff and hopefully get back to me today and hopefully get a date set up to get the damn infusion done. But I found out I can't. I got to go an hour and a half drive just to get to my damn infusion. Now the other places that are closer don't do the Ocrevus infusion, so I couldn't go to those ascensions. That's another annoying pain in the ass. So, yeah, I, I mentioned to him that I just really wish he would have just put me on to say every year. I told him with the muscle pain, fatigue issues, it's like, instead of giving me medications with all these side effects and stuff, I'd rather just wait and see what happens by getting on the Cesabri or if they get some other things out there that he can give me for options, I'll look into them. But, but yeah. So that was the wonderful results of the another great doctor appointment. Fly through everything. Don't get time to talk about stuff much. But oh well. Have to see what happens in the future. But I'm running out of time here, so you guys have a great weekend. Next time you'll hear from me is for probably a Sunday comics. So. Have a good one. I'll talk to you later.